hopelessly but now that i've found you together we'll make history and i know it's just a woman in you that brings out the man in me no, I can't have myself. Yeah, all I can see. Anyway, welcome back. Feels like the first time, like we've never did before. Feels like the first time. Anyway. I was thinking of putting on four and a four, and then I saw these awesome headlines about the best is yet to come. Live more indictments of Trump coming soon? Question mark. Streamed seven hours ago. Mud touch. Check it out. Hot on the trail of Trump going Welcome to fucking jail. To political beatdown with political beatdown. Ben Micellis. We've got a lot to discuss. What's going on with? Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's lawsuit against MAGA Republican Jim Jordan and the Judiciary Committee. There Got was shut a down. Trump-appointed Trump judge lawyer. who was assigned Got the case down. and actually made a Turn ruling uh, compelling Mark Pomeranz to testify before Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee. Alvin Bragg immediately uh, appealed that to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, which stayed uh, that testimony from taking place. A stay just means a temporary pause while briefing takes place. Like it never will again. Never again. Feels like first time feels like the very first time feels like the first time feels like the very first time over the next 72 hours so we should expect a ruling from the court of appeals next week there we should talk about what's going on in uh the fulton county district attorney's ongoing criminal investigation a lot of updates uh to report there as well but cohen i want to ask you how you're doing i want to make one observation first based on the last show so we always start off in our political beatdown stance and i happened to read a lot of the comments and they were all saying you know it looks like cohen can kick your ass ben like <laughs> your stance is off and i said to them why is it a competition you know we're just trying to have some fun here but cohen overwhelmingly people think that you would beat the crap out of me so it is what it is <laughs> you know what we'll do it if you want any day that you want there ben even even in my old age and so on uh <laughs> i hate to I would hate to mess up that pretty smile of yours. You know? but, yeah, we can do a political I hate to say it. I think that they're. I think that they're right about this one. You 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 have a background though. Though didn't you have a background in like jujitsu and and boxing though? Growing in, up in Muay Thai. I've for many years you guys are hilarious man Love i was show. never good with uh with jujitsu and that would have definitely kept me out of the mma uh that's certainly for sure because 
my grappling is terrible. <laughs> you know, these guys, if you look to see the quality <laughs> of their, their fighting um, skills are incredible. They're limber as all, um, you know, I'm not, certainly not anymore. I mean, the, you know, the way that they recover after a head strike or after a, uh, you know, a leg strike, it's really phenomenal. They are truly incredible, incredible athletes. I've known many uh, over the course of the years. You may remember I had started for Trump years ago, a company uh, called Affliction MMA, and it was a partner <laughs> with Affliction, the clothing line. And we did uh, what was supposed to be three fights in Anaheim, uh, California. Uh, we had Fedor Milianenko, who at the time was just a phenom. Uh, I mean, he was a Russian a samba expert. And I can only tell you that, I mean, I remember the very first fight against um, Tim the Maniac Silva, who was like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, and Fedor is about my size, maybe 10 pounds heavier. Um, I mean, two... 05 to 10, give or take. And that fight was over in 38 seconds. He hit uh, Tim so hard in the face when Tim woke up. I remember asking him, are you okay? He goes, I thought I got hit by a truck. Uh, he goes, I never felt anything like that in my life. And Fedor was really a absolute phenom. But yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, the mixed martial arts um, a lot. You see, I try to mix into the political beatdown. Yeah, we're going to cover all a little the personal, but okay. I, 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 try, I, try, I try to get, the, I try to sneak it in um, when when it's done, just so people can learn a little bit more about you. Because the reality is, is that look, I love your other podcast, Mea Culpa, but on Mea Culpa, you know, you interview people, and so in you interviewing people, I think one of the things about political beatdown is everybody gets to know or everybody thinks they know the Michael Cohen who's in the headlines who they see in the congressional hearings who they see exit the courthouse and speak you know to the press or or see on C, you know CNN or MSNBC or, or whatever news network you know you're giving an interview on but you know I, I like to sometimes remove the curtain a little bit and and, and, and show people who you know a little what bit you of really find, anyway. if you remove the curtain what you really find about me is what I really am the best at is being a husband and a father and a friend. You know, that's really, sure. that's really who I am. I mean, I'm good man. going on, you know, very soon we're going on our 29th wedding anniversary. Um, you know, that's still going strong. This didn't derail any of it. And as a father, you know, anybody who knows me as a father knows that I live for my children. And, you know, it's one of the things that certainly Trump knew when the Southern District of New York, without any notice, without ever have met me or speaking with me, uh, threatened in 24 hours, in 48 hours, on a Friday at 5.30 p.m., that if I didn't plead guilty to whatever they told me to plead guilty, they were filing an 80-page indictment that would include my wife. And you know, had they said, we have to take you into the back parking lot, and, you know, put a bullet in your head, I would have accepted that too. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, in a hyperbolic manner. I'm telling you, that's a fact. I would never allow anything to happen to my wife uh, or to my children. And um, they knew that. And that's why they went straight for the jugular on, you know, on that issue. But um, 
my goal during the course of my life is I will make each and every one of them pay for, for doing that. Uh, I will go after them, uh, you know, um, their reputations, their, their professions, and I will ensure the same way that I refuse to, you know, to take a seat back, back down. Um, Whoa, and hold back Trump down. accountable. I will hold these prosecutors accountable right. to the same extent that Thank I will you, hold Michael, Donald Trump accountable for his dirty deeds. Just yeah. because they're prosecutors, just because they're given a shield, doesn't mean that they're supposed to abuse the system, which I have repeatedly stated. And again, if you read Revenge, You'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. The saddest part and the part that I end that book with is if it could happen to me, I promise you it can happen to you. And I want to ensure that this never, ever, ever happens again to any American. It shouldn't happen to anyone. Well, first off, I want to say that I could personally attest to just what an incredible friend you are. Part of the journey we've had together, setting aside the podcasts, is um, just enjoy uh, your company, talking to you, and inevitably, when I have the conversations to you, I don't think there's a single conversation that we have where you don't bring up your wife or your family, or you're always on the run with them, always doing something. And, um, you know, in this day and age, you know, you, you don't always see a, a lot of that. So um, that's just something that I've observed, you know, what an incredible dad and, and husband and just overall person um, um, you are. But enough about complimenting you and getting yeah, back I into getting back, <laughs> getting back into the episode. I mean, you, you mentioned a good point there, though. You said, look, if this could happen to me, Michael Cohen, this could happen to anyone. Trump kind of uses the same projection, right? Where Trump goes, if they're doing this to me, it could happen with everyone. But that's what is projection when Trump says it. Because with Donald Trump, it's like, no. Um, let's be very clear, Donald Trump. Like, you're the one who falsified business records um, because you had um, sex with a porn star who then you paid hush money payments to in connection with an election. No, Donald Trump, you're the one who engaged in an insurrection. You're the one who won't accept free and fair elections. So, no, you're the, what one, who is took, unprecedented you're the one who here. took top secret documents, knew that they were top secret documents, stashed them at Mar-a-Lardo, got a lawyer, Christina Hobb, to acknowledge in an affidavit that, that the place had been searched and no more documents exist. You're the one that refused to return the documents. That's all that he needed to do is return the documents. And that part of the Jack Smith investigation wouldn't even exist. So, yeah, you're right, Ben. For that reason and all the others, it's not the same at all. It's a perfect example. Just take the case where special counsel Jack Smith is engaged in this criminal investigation of Donald Trump for stealing thousands of government records, right? Donald Trump leaves the White House. He gets advice from all of his lawyers. You can't take this stuff. It doesn't belong to you. You have to leave it here. Call the archives. And Trump goes, screw it. This is mine. They belong to me. And he goes, Tom Fitton, who's not even a lawyer at Judicial Watch, that idiot guy who wears the really tight shirts, he goes, he says, he says, he says I could take him. That, 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 that's how I'm going to take him. So he steals the documents. And by the way, 
Then the National Archives is like, yo, did you steal the documents? He's like, no. They're like, come on, just can you give it back to us? It's like, I didn't take it. So the National Archives goes on a process for like a year. Hey, please return them to us. Nothing will happen to you. Just return them to us. There are no documents, Donald Trump says. There are no documents. Finally, in January of 2022, Donald Trump's like, all right, fine. You could take it. Stop. There's 15 boxes. It's mostly newspaper clippings. Come by Mar-a-Lago and you can pick it up. And then Donald Trump himself hides within newspaper clippings, top secret sensitive compartmented information. So then the National Archives get this and they're like, holy shit, what is this? You you have this, you have these records? So they're like, okay, we got to turn this over to the Department of Justice. So then the DOJ says, hey, do you have anything more? Do you have any of these others? Then Donald Trump has this lawyer, Evan Corcoran, basically say, no, go away, executive privilege, we don't have any documents at all. And then the, then the Department of Justice is like, really? You're going to go this way? Fine. We'll have to issue a subpoena. So just return it via a subpoena. Um, now it's a formal process. You don't want to cooperate. They send a subpoena, and then Evan Corcoran and Christina Hobb sign a false attestation saying, okay, look, you got us. Here's a Red Weld folder. We've got 37 more top secret documents we found, but we're going to do an attestation under penalty of perjury, DOJ, that we have no other documents at all. And the DOJ is like, we know you're lying. And they're like, no, we're not. And then so finally, after all of that timeline that I gave, then August 8th, they execute a search warrant. And then he's like, they're weaponized against me and all the cult followers. But but Cohen, that's why facts matter on the beat down. That's the timeline. Yeah, I mean, you're you, I mean, you nailed that timeline down. The only thing is, you know, you got Trump sitting there, you know, and saying there's just absolutely no reason at all that the FBI should have done this. They came in. They raided my home. First and foremost, just if you look to see the statements, if you read the statements that Trump put out on his untruth social, there's no line in that untruth social post that is true. First of all, Mar-a-Lago is not his home. The fact that you are living there, which you're not even supposed to, because no one's supposed to be there more than, I think, 10 days uh, on any given time. He's there because it's, you know, it's his club. It is a social club that has several hundred members who all pay a bond and they pay an annual dues in order to go there. You know, the fact that he wants to declare that to be his home, it is not It is not as per a CFO or pursuant to zoning law, it is not a home. It was under uh, Marjorie Merriweather Post, whose home it used to be, when he bought it years and years ago, it was converted into a club, and so the zoning laws were changed as well. I mean, that in and of itself should tell you something. He uses it as if it, he owns it. He does not. It's actually owned by all of the bond members, all of the membership. So, you know, that's just the very beginning of the lies. But to try to understand Donald Trump's pathological nature and to try to understand the reason why every single thing that comes out of his mouth has to be either a distortion or a bold-faced lie, you know, 
nobody knows the answer to that. I think the only one who's kind of come close to giving the answer is Mary Trump because of her familial knowledge of how he was as a young kid. Uh, short of that, or you know, and uh, his other, you know, his other relatives, specifically his siblings, you know, they'll tell you why he's such a pathological liar. So let's get the update on what's going on in Michael Cohen's world. You know, last week's political beatdown, uh, there the news broke that Donald Trump had sued you for five hundred million dollars in the Southern District of Florida in the Miami division there. Looked like he was forum shopping there because he didn't want to go in front of Judge Middlebrooks uh, in the West Palm Beach division of the Southern District of Florida, who had just sanctioned him and Alina Haba close to a million dollars. So um, even though there's I won't even give you how frivolous I think it is, because I'll let I'll let your lawyers point out how frivolous this case ultimately is. But nonetheless, Still suing you for a lot of money. You got to take it very, very seriously. You know, you get served papers for $500 million. You're being summoned. You get served paperwork. Michael Cohen is summoned into court on a $500 million lawsuit brought by um, Donald Trump. So we know that's taking place. So I want to get an update there. And also, um, in the New York Attorney General's civil fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump, Trump's lawyers, Alina Haba and others, they subpoenaed your deposition testimony there. So those are kind of the two most imminent things that seem to be on the horizon is what's going on with the New York Attorney General matter where Trump subpoenaed your testimony there. And then what's going on with, you know, your newly hired legal team and have have you made any decisions yet on how you're going to respond to Trump's lawsuit uh, in the Southern District of Florida, or of course, you know, you, you're probably limited in what you can say. You can't get into attorney-client stuff, but what, what what can you tell the people? So let me start again with the New York Attorney General. That case actually was heard first thing this morning um, for the judge. I brought in counsel uh, in order to uh, initially quash their um, subpoenas, uh, based upon uh, several different um, aspects. I tie, I want to tie this for a brief second into the, uh, what you call it, the case that's dealing now with the district attorney and Mark Pomerantz. You know, they want my deposition. They also want documents. They also uh, filed a subpoena, uh, Duchess Tecum. Uh, I then spoke to counsel who was representing me in those two subpoenas and i said i have no problem with testifying i just want to ensure that the depositions are not going to impede upon privileged communications uh or my um connection as a grant as a witness before the grand jury in the mm-hmm. da's cases i just wanted to ensure mm-hmm. that only proper information, you know, and issues that are relative to the AG's complaint are areas that they can actually depose me on. And uh, counsel with Haba and her partners and so on, uh, they all came to an understanding. So I will be uh, deposed in the very near future on that case. I say that I want to bring that to the Mark Pomerantz issue because rest assured, There is nothing 
that I will tell them that I have not been saying for the last five years. Everything that I have said is consistent with what I had previously said, because it's the truth. And it's been determined, not just by myself uh, and you know people who are close to me, but Mueller's team, even the Southern District of New York, who hates me with a passion because I'm so critical of them. Even they acknowledge that everything I told them was truthful. They just didn't think that I told them everything. Now, when asked, well, what do you think that he didn't tell you missing? They were like, well, how would we know? So I said, well, if you don't know, how, what do you want us to tell you? It became a back and forth sort of chicken game. And they were like, well, you know what? We don't even care at this point. Um, you, know, we're, you know, we're proceeding, uh, you know, as we said that we were going to. And he needs to come in on Monday and plead guilty. But my testimony is not going to be beneficial. No matter how they want to ask the questions, it cannot be beneficial if they ask me <laughs> questions about some of the things that are, you know, in this uh, attorney general complaint. And I bring that up because I want to then again compare it to Mark Pomerantz. And I don't understand why Alvin Bragg is Mark Pomerantz is one very smart guy, and he knows exactly what he said. He knows exactly what he wrote in his book. And if you want to ask him questions about it, if you've read his book, which I have, there is nothing there that is complimentary or beneficial to Donald Trump. Now, the funny thing is there are things that I have said over the course of the past five years that actually are beneficial to Donald Trump. You may remember I stated that, you know, he never, um, to the best of my knowledge, that there are no P-tapes in Moscow of him hiring prostitutes to urinate on uh, the bed uh, simply because Barack and Michelle Obama had slept on it one night. That's just not true. Uh, you know, over the years, I had heard people saying that they have it, that they, you know, they wanted to prove it to me. Nobody has ever been able to prove that they have any tape of such. On top of that, there were also allegations that Donald had beaten up Melania in an elevator at Trump Tower. That's also not true. And I testified before the House Oversight Committee to that. And also my belief, knowing him and knowing Melania, whatever you may want to say about him, that's not that's not who the man is. He's not a physical guy. Uh, and at the same time, I do not believe, and I said it uh, publicly on television before the House Oversight not Committee, that I don't guy, believe that Donald rights. Trump ever laid a, a hand rapist. on Melania. Certainly, there is no tape of him in an elevator. Uh, we checked on that. And so for that, the Republicans all said, well, for that, Cohen is telling the truth. But the part about the inflation of his assets for um, wealth status purpose, right? That's a lie. And the deflation for tax purpose, well, Cohen's lying again, right? Uh, and that Cohen lied uh, to Congress, right, about uh, the failed real estate project in Moscow, where I stated that I told Trump about it three times, when in fact I told him about it 10 times. That's the big lie. And for that, I was forced to plead guilty, which now gives Republicans, especially the maggots, the ability to turn around to say, well, he's a convicted perjurer, right? He's a convicted liar. And therefore, we can't believe anything that he says. Point being, and in conclusion here, what Mark Pomerantz will have to say about Donald Trump, I assure you, 
No different than my testimony that I intend to, you know, to give at this deposition. Nothing there is going to inure to the benefit of Donald J. Trump, either at this trial, meaning the New York State Attorney General, uh, or the New York City District, Manhattan District Attorney's Office. None of that will inure to his benefit. You know, we call the MAGA Republicans here on the Midas Touch Network professional rake steppers because they always step <laughs> right into it. And all of these hearings that they've held completely backfire, right? They bring in these Twitter executives to try to demonstrate that Biden is weaponizing the government, uh, uh, somehow uh, encourage Twitter to take down certain posts and do all of these things. And then the Democrats on the committee point out, okay, Donald Trump was the government in October of 2020. Biden was not the president at that time. Sure, the Biden campaign asked that Twitter take down uh, certain tweets that showed Hunter Biden engaged in consensual sex acts because it violated Twitter's terms of service and just kind of sex shaming in general is a despicable thing. But Donald Trump repeatedly actually used the government to tell Twitter to take down posts that were unflattering of Donald Trump. And so that's an example right there. Here, it's like, be careful what you ask for as well, Jim Jordan. So you, let's just say you go through this process and you finally get the deposition of Mark Pomerantz. Um, you know, just so everybody knows the status, a Trump-appointed judge, Judge Viscasil, ruled that Pomerantz would have to testify. She found that there was a valid legislative purpose uh, behind uh, Jim Jordan's subpoena. Uh, to Mark Pomerantz, and the valid legislative purpose was that uh, Jim Jordan said that they're working on trying to pass a law to immunize former presidents from being uh, responsible for violating the law in uh, in states and or from states from prosecuting former presidents, which is like the most absurd concept. Because Judge Viscasel, in her uh, opening page, she goes, "No one is above the law." referring to why Pomerantz has to testify. Right. Uh, you, you see it right there in the bottom right. line. And she goes, no one is above the law. Mr. Pomerantz must appear for congressional deposition. But then the justification that she accepts about why Pomerantz needs to be deposed is literally because the MAGA Republicans want to pass a Trump is above the law law which would say you can't prosecute Trump. Just for everybody listening out there, that law will never be passed, just so you're not worried about it. But that's the fake reason they give about what gives them a legislative purpose. And Judge Viscasel was like, well, it's not my job as a federal judge to question what they claim their purpose is, as long as they say there's a purpose and here's what they claim. The status of that right now, though, for everybody wanting to know, is that the Court of Appeals, which oversees that federal court, has temporarily paused. They, they've issued what's called a stay, blocking that deposition for at least a few more days, maybe into next week, order the parties to submit briefs. So Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg will submit a brief, Jim Jordan and the MAGA Republicans in the House Judiciary Committee. We'll oh, submit a brief, yeah. and then ultimately the Second Circuit will make a well, ruling whether to, to affirm the ruling, saying that the deposition goes forward, or overrule it. To... But even if they were to affirm it and not reverse it, you, you got Pomerantz yeah, there who's going to yes. testify that Trump is a criminal. Yeah. Pomerantz's <laughs> complaint against yeah, Bragg, Pomerantz's complaint against make Bragg is testify. the falsification of business records was too small. Of a, it's a crime. 
But go after the big crimes. This guy is a massive villain. Go after the bigger crimes first. And Bragg's whole point was, I'm just sequencing it my way. I want to go this one first, then I want to go to falsification. Like I said, Ben, it's not going to inure to the benefit of Donald Trump. I think it's a stupid move to try to um, think that you're going to depose the likes of a Mark Pomerantz, who is a seasoned, seasoned RICO trial lawyer, right, Um, who wrote his book. Should be fun. And you think that you're going to now be able to use that to show what? Some sort of a bias? Now, look, a lot of people are saying that he shouldn't have done it, that it's not proper simply because he was a former prosecutor and worked on it and that there are things that, you know, you learn or obtain as a result of that position. Um, Okay, maybe. But that's not, again, going to ignore to the benefit of Donald Trump. Now, if I can, again, Combine this and then bring this to this baseless um, lawsuit that Trump served upon me a few days ago, uh, two days ago to be exact. Um, You know, he served me with this $500 million lawsuit. There's not a single person that I have read, and there might be, but I have not read. comments from any legitimate Mm -hmm. lawyer out there that doesn't believe this to be baseless uh, and designed to either harass or intimidate not just me, but really to anyone who is willing to stand up truth to power. If you decide that this is what you're going to do, you're going to stand up truth to power, understand that Donald Trump will sue you for $500 million. And again, as baseless and as stupid as they all are claiming this lawsuit is, that's because it's not them who's the named defendant in the action, right? Donald Trump versus Michael Cohen. It's on my back. And so, uh, you know, it's also incredibly expensive. And again, as stupid as this case might be, it still has to be defended. And, um, it's not cheap. In fact, it's extremely expensive. And if we elect to hold him accountable, very much like in the Dominion case, holding Fox News accountable, well, now you have to proceed on to discovery. And discovery in this case is also going to be extremely expensive. And, you know, when I was having this conversation with um, American Patriots and Adam Parkmenko, he turned around and he said, you know, I don't care what you say, but I'm going to start a GoFundMe to help you with some of these legal fees. And I thanked him because, you know, I have footed the bill for everything so far that I can. And this is just a number that I cannot contend with at this stage right now. In fact, my lawsuit against Trump and the Trump organization is scheduled for July, whereby I have a lot of money that I had paid. Uh, to law firms, uh, and that I still owe to law firms on his behalf. And that case is going to trial in July. And I'm truly looking forward, you know, to that. Um, as I'm going to dare them to file to have Trump consider designated a vexatious litigant. <laughs>
Okay, I dare you guys to file a motion to deem Diaper Don a vexatious litigant. <laughs> well, so as far as that case is concerned, the $500 million baseless lawsuit, I have now retained counsel and within a couple of days, probably uh, on our next show, I will announce who these um, attorneys are. And I can assure you they're not uh, the clown car counsel that Donald Trump employs. These are real serious, <laughs> legitimate civil clown litigators um, with extremely, extremely uh, reputable firms and they themselves are extremely reputable and right now what we are doing is we are going through the complaint um, and legitimately pulling out everything that we can within which to not just strike these causes of action but also once again to hold donald trump accountable because this goes so much past just michael cohen this is a attempt by Trump to harass and intimidate. It's obstruction of justice. It's to harass and intimidate potential witnesses or others who may be called to testify against him for the fear that you two will end up on the receiving end of a $500 million baseless lawsuit that you have to defend against someone who is extremely well-funded. Let's not forget since the indictment, Donald's claim, and I think it's bullshit, but even though he still raised money, he's claiming that since the indictment that he claimed was coming on a Tuesday, and we all know that didn't happen, that he raised $17 million. I'm at like $160,000. Uh, I'm going to, this case is a seven figure case. So I will be reaching out to everybody and asking, please, you know, um, Help me, because this is not just about a lawsuit against Michael Cohen. This is about uh, holding somebody accountable and not permitting obstruction of justice. But I leave that up to you um, and to pass it along to you know others on your social media platform. And I leave it at I leave it at that. But this is all about accountability. And if somebody doesn't stand up, do you realize how much easier that it would have been for me had Donald Trump not betrayed me, had our relationship not soured, had I not um, agreed to provide testimony and information and documentation to, uh, say, the district attorney's office or to the Mueller team or whoever it might have been. Could you imagine what would have happened? Chances are, like Paul Manafort or Roger Stone or so many others, I would have received a pardon. Chances are I'd be working for either Fox News or Newsmax or one of these other mega donor Republicans that don't care about truth, that don't care about our democracy, that only give a shit about their bottom line and appeasing a party of one. That's, of course, Donald J. Trump. How much easier that it would have been for me instead of, as some of you would like to note, and many people do on social media platforms, oh, Cohen, you look terrible, you look sick, you look like you're exhausted and falling apart. Well, I am, and I am because these are the documents that I'm constantly going through every single day, and these are the subpoenas, these are the lawsuit, you know, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of reading, it's a lot of uh, going through old information that 
going through that old information is not easy on your soul or your heart. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's not easy. And so I get extremely early in the morning, like 4 a.m., and I'm, you know, working to try to provide as much information to my attorneys as I have. And that way, we not only do we post the best defense we can, but at the same time, we hold the orange man accountable because that's what this country, not only is it what we need, but it's what we deserve. If you want to support Michael Cohen's legal fund set up by Adam Parkamenko and the great team that Parkamendo has assembled called the Firewall Fund, uh, go to firewallfund.com and uh, the uh, legal defense fund is uh, in the description of this YouTube. You'll be able to find it there as well as some of the sponsors of this show. It's in the YouTube uh, description. I got to show you this clip also, Cohen, of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, the other day, she, uh, Kevin McCarthy put her on the Homeland Security Committee, and she's just been disgracing. At this point, you know, she's a disgraceful person, obviously. She's disgraceful to the MAGA Republicans. But frankly, she disgraces our country when she engaged she's out of she's an out of control human being and the MAGA republicans put her in these key positions to basically just demonstrate how utterly out of control and how utterly despicable and evil she is so i want to play that clip for you and then i also want to talk about what's going on in fulton county georgia uh, mm -hmm. and also donald trump saying that he may not be showing up to this e gene carroll case and uh the that's what he thinks. The <laughs> that's, that's what he what thinks, right? Exactly. We'll talk about that and more right after this quick commercial break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Fume. Cold turkey, it may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your wacky neighbor or some sketchy message board. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Now, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad project in Moscow where I stated that I told Trump about it three times when, in fact, I told him about it 10 times. That's the big lie. And for that, I was forced to plead guilty, which now gives Republicans, especially the maggots, the ability to turn around to say, well, he's a convicted perjurer, right? He's a convicted liar. And therefore, we can't believe anything that he says. Point being, and in conclusion here, what Mark Pomerantz will have to say about Donald Trump, I assure you, no different than my testimony that I intend to, you know, to give at this deposition, nothing there is going to inure to the benefit of Donald J. Trump, either at this trial, meaning the New York State Attorney General, uh, or the New York City District, Manhattan District Attorney's Office. None of that will inure to his benefit. You know, we call the MAGA Republicans here on the Midas Touch Network professional rake steppers because they always step right into it. And all of these hearings that they've held completely backfire, right? They bring in these Twitter executives to try to demonstrate that Biden is weaponizing the government to uh, somehow uh, encourage Twitter to take down certain posts and do all of these things. And then the Democrats on the committee point out, 
okay, Donald Trump was the government in October of 2020. Biden was not the president at that time. Sure, the Biden campaign asked that Twitter take down uh, certain tweets that showed Hunter Biden engaged in consensual sex acts because it violated Twitter's terms of service and just kind of sex shaming in general is a despicable thing. But Donald Trump repeatedly actually used the government to tell immediately to dismiss the $500 million case. Have it deemed frivolous. Twitter to take down posts that were unflattering of Donald Trump. And so that's an example right there. Here, it's like, be careful what you ask for as well, Jim Jordan. So you, let's just say you go through this process <laughs> and you finally get the deposition of Mark Pomerantz. Um, you know, just so everybody knows the status, a Trump-appointed judge, Judge Viscasil, ruled that Pomerantz would have to testify. She found that there was a valid legislative purpose uh, behind uh, Jim Jordan's subpoena uh, to Mark Pomerantz. And the valid legislative purpose was that uh, Jim Jordan said that they're working on trying to pass a law to immunize former presidents from being uh, responsible for violating the law in uh, in states and, or from states from prosecuting former presidents, which is like the most absurd concept because Judge Viscasel in her uh, opening page, she goes, no one is above the law referring to why Pomerantz has to testify. Right. Uh, you, you see it right there in the bottom line. And she goes, no one is above the law. Mr. Pomerantz must appear for congressional deposition. But then the justification that she accepts about why Pomerantz needs to be deposed is literally because the MAGA Republicans want to pass a Trump is above the law law which would say you can't prosecute Trump. Just for everybody listening out there, that law will never be passed, just so you're not worried about it. But that's the fake reason they give about what gives them a legislative purpose. And Judge Viscasel was like, well, it's not my job as a federal judge to question what they claim their purpose is, as long as they say there's a purpose and here's what they claim. The status of that right now, though, for everybody wanting to know, is that the Court of Appeals, which oversees that federal court, has temporarily paused. They, they've issued what's called a stay 
blocking that deposition for at least a few more days, maybe into next week, order the parties to submit briefs. So Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg will submit a brief. Jim Jordan and the MAGA Republicans in the House Judiciary Committee will submit a brief. And then ultimately the Second Circuit will make a ruling whether to affirm the ruling, saying that the deposition goes forward, or overrule it. But even if they were to affirm it and not reverse it, you, you got Pomerantz there who's going to testify that Trump is a criminal. Pomerantz's complaint yes. against Bragg Pomerantz's complaint against Bragg is the falsification of business records was too small of a crime. It's a crime, but go after the big crimes. This guy is a massive felon. Go after the bigger crimes first. And Bragg's whole point was, I'm just sequencing it my way. I want to go this one first, then I want to go to falsification. Well, it, like I said, Ben, it's not going to ignore to the benefit of Donald Trump. I think it's a stupid move to try to... Um, think that you're going to depose the likes of a Mark Pomerantz, who is a seasoned, seasoned RICO trial lawyer, right, um, who wrote his book, and you think that you're going to now be able to use that to show what? Some sort of a bias? Now, look, a lot of people are saying that he shouldn't have done it, that it's not proper simply because he was a former prosecutor and worked on it and that there are things that you know you learn or obtain as a result of that position um okay maybe but that's not again going to ignore to the benefit of donald trump now if i can again combine this and then bring this to this baseless um lawsuit that trump served upon me a few days ago uh two days ago to be exact um you know, he served me with this $500 million lawsuit. There's not a single person that I have read, and there might be, but I have not read um, comments from any legitimate lawyer out there that doesn't believe this to be baseless uh, and designed to either harass or intimidate not just me, but really to anyone who is willing to stand up truth to power. If you decide that this is what you're going to do, you're going to stand up truth to power, understand that Donald Trump will sue you for $500 million. And again, as baseless and as stupid as they all are claiming this lawsuit is, that's because it's not them who's the named defendant in the action Right. Donald Trump versus Michael Cohen. It's on my back. And so, uh, you know, it's also incredibly expensive. And again, as stupid as this case might be, it still has to be defended. And um, it's not cheap. In fact, it's extremely expensive. And if we elect to hold him accountable, very much like in the Dominion case, holding Fox News accountable, well, now you have to proceed on to discovery, and discovery in this case is also going to be extremely expensive. And, you know, when I was having this conversation with um, American Patriots and Adam Parkmenko, he turned around and he said, you know, I don't care what you say, but I'm going to start a GoFundMe to help you with some of these legal fees. And I thanked him because, you know, I have footed the bill for everything so far that I can 
And this is just a number that I cannot contend with at this stage right now. In fact, my lawsuit against Trump and the Trump organization is scheduled for July, whereby I have a lot of money that I had paid uh, to law firms uh, and that I still owe to law firms on his behalf. And that case is going to trial in July. And I'm truly looking forward you know, to that um, as well. So as far as that case is concerned, the $500 million baseless lawsuit, I have now retained counsel. And within a couple of days, probably uh, on our next show, I will announce who these um, attorneys are. And I can assure you they're not uh, the clown car counsel that Donald Trump employs. These are real serious, legitimate civil litigators um, with extremely, extremely uh, reputable firms. And they themselves are extremely reputable. And right now what we are doing is we are going through the complaint um, and legitimately pulling out everything that we can within which to not just strike these causes of action, but also once again to hold Donald Trump accountable because this goes so much past just Michael Cohen. This is a attempt by Trump to harass and intimidate. It's obstruction of justice. It's to harass and intimidate potential witnesses or others who may be called to testify against him for the fear that you two will end up on the receiving end of a $500 million baseless lawsuit that you have to defend against someone who is extremely well-funded. Let's not forget, since the indictment, Donald's claim, and I think it's bullshit, but even though he still raised money, he's claiming that since the indictment that he claimed was coming on a Tuesday, and we all know that didn't happen, that he raised $17 million. I'm at like $160,000. Uh, I'm going to, this case is a seven figure case. So I will be reaching out to everybody and asking, please, you know, um, help me because this is not just about a lawsuit against Michael Cohen. This is about uh, holding somebody accountable and not permitting obstruction of justice. But I leave that up You're to you. You're going to win this um, case you know, your others on your social fees. media platform. And I leave it at I leave it at that, but this is all about accountability. If somebody doesn't stand up, do you realize how much easier that it would have been for me had Donald Trump not betrayed me, had our relationship not soured, had I not um, agreed to provide testimony and information and documentation to, uh, say, the district attorney's office or to the Mueller team or whoever it might have been? Could you imagine what would have happened? Chances are like Paul Manafort or Roger Stone or so many others, I would have received a pardon. Chances are I'd be working for either 
Fox News or Newsmax or one of these other mega donor Republicans that don't care about truth, that don't care about our democracy, that only give a shit about their bottom line and appeasing a party of one. That's, of course, Donald J. Trump. How much easier that it would have been for me instead of, as some of you would like to note, and many people do on social media platforms, oh, Cohen, you look terrible, you look sick, you look like you're exhausted and falling apart. Well, I am. And I am because these are the documents that I'm constantly going through every single day. And these are the subpoenas. These are the lawsuit. You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of uh, going through old information that going through that old information is not easy on your soul or your heart. Uh, and, you know. And he will be sanctioned again. Uh, it's not easy. And so I go extremely early in the morning, like 4 a.m. And I'm, you know, working to try to provide as much information to my attorneys as I have. And that way, we not only do we post the best defense we can, but at the same time, we hold the orange man accountable because that's what this country, not only is it what we need, but it's what we deserve. If you want to support Michael Cohen's legal fund set up by Adam Parkamenko and the great team that Parkamendo has assembled called the Firewall Fund, uh, go to firewallfund.com and uh, the uh, legal defense fund is uh, in the description of this YouTube. You'll be able to find it there as well as some of the sponsors of this show. It's in the YouTube uh, description. I got to show you this clip also, Cohen, of Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, the other day. She, uh, Kevin McCarthy put her on the Homeland okay, Security crazy. Committee. And oh she's just God. been disgracing. At this point, you know, she's a disgraceful person, obviously. She's disgraceful to the MAGA Republicans. But frankly, she disgraces our country when she engage, she's, out of, she's an out-of-control human being. And the MAGA Republicans put her in these key positions to basically just demonstrate how utterly out of control and how utterly despicable and evil she is. So I want to play that clip for you. And then I also want to talk about what's going on in Fulton County, Georgia, uh, and also Donald Trump Georgia. saying that he may not be showing up to this E. Jean Carroll case. And uh, the judge That's what is, he thinks. The ju <laughs> that's, that's what, what he, he thinks, thinks, right? Exactly. We'll talk about that and more right after this quick commercial break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Fume. Let's Cold not. turkey, it may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind. Huh. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, we're going to skip this shit. Georgia. Or just blow me stuff. Blow me. Blow me. Live here on Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen. Political Beatdown. Why don't you hand up a little bit high? You want to cover the face a little bit? No, no, no. A little to the side. There you go. You got you. 
You know, you want to be able to see when you're throwing a punch. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get me in trouble with a lot of people who see how lame I look right there. But we'll save that. We'll save that for another day. But speaking about speaking about looking lame, um, Joe Takapina was has just been sending these letter briefs to uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan, the federal judge presiding over E. Jean Carroll's civil rape and defamation case. The case is set to start. Trial begins. April 25th. That's not moving. Um, so one of the big questions that Judge Lewis Kaplan was going to ask is, is Donald Trump going to show up for that trial? Just so everybody knows, in a civil case, unlike a criminal felony case, um, you don't have to show up to a civil case, even if you're a party to the civil case. So it's not like he's going to get arrested if he doesn't show up to the case. But most people show up to a civil case, especially a civil case where you're being accused of rape. Um, you would want to show up so the jury knows that you are taking the case seriously. But, you know, Judge Lewis Kaplan is very smart. and He knows that Donald Trump is going to try to create a circus-like atmosphere. So uh, in advance of all of this, Judge Kaplan said, tell me by such and such a date, is Donald Trump going to show up or not? And so it was a brilliant move because Joe Takapina then responded and said, look, Donald Trump does not want to burden this city. Oh. You know, so, so, Judge, we want you to give an instruction to the jury to let them know that Donald Trump's not going to show up because it would really just be a big burden and a hassle to this court and the city. And so not. Only did the judge reject Takapina's request for the judge to give this instruction. But the judge said, Takapina, if that's where you're going with this, you can't tell the jury that the reason Donald Trump is not showing up is because he believes it would burden the city. You can't mention it. So Donald Trump will show up or not show up, do whatever he wants to do. Uh, but that will be his choice to make, and the jury can infer whatever they want from that. So that was so, just an order that came down earlier today. Yeah, well, that's that's a typical taco penis uh, sort of maneuver. You know, it's trying to figure out how to benefit Donald Trump, right, with <laughs> no, with knowledge, with just <laughs> foreknowledge that, you know, him think about, I want everyone to sit and just take a moment and think about Donald Trump when he was sitting in front of the judge uh, at the uh, district attorney's case, the look on his face. Now imagine seven or eight days of this type of a case whereby he's being accused of a series of you know sexual actions that are legitimately despicable across the board. He's afraid that every time that he moves, every look that he makes, every grimace, every pucker, you know, that he makes, that it's going to be captured on um, on film, which it would be, that this would be a problem for him. And it would also give the Democrats an opportunity to use some of that film or the footage um, or pictures in ads to run against him in, you know, in 2024. So it was a great idea. But once again, they don't think out the strategy. They don't think who moves ahead. They're like a donkey with a carrot in front of its nose in order to get him to drive forward. It's stupid. They didn't think like a chess player, um, five, ten moves ahead of the game. And that's why they've been behind the eight ball all along. You know, it's just it's an absolute 
stupid move, but then again, it's one that's 100% expected. You know, and I love the kind of chess strategy that lawyers play, and E. Jean Carroll's lawyers, led by the team of Roberta Kaplan, is just playing it brilliantly. So let, let, let me give you the strategy that they have. So sure. they go, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer go, we don't need to call Donald Trump as a witness. So he doesn't have to show up if he doesn't want to. And you may be going, well, why would they do that? They, they should want his testimony. 